Hi, this is Adrina Winters, and you are listening to Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. to all you wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is my podcast, formerly Mills Making Money, now Tanya Tate presents Skinfluencer Success podcast. On today's show, winning is not everything, but the effort to win is. Also on the show, my special guest, Adriana Winters, will share how she found a way from modeling photos to being one of the top erotic content creators in the UK with an exceptional talent for producing niche scenes. But how do you find what ignites you when creating content? So my son Ozzy has had a big week. He has just started school and he took part in a sponsored run at school. The school wanted to do a fundraiser to raise money for equipment, music teacher, kind of a few other things that they had down on this list. And all the kids got sent home, you know, this is your sponsor form, see if you can get as many sponsors as you can. So all the kids of the school had to run a certain number of laps around the school field. So I put it out there and he got sponsored by some family members and some close friends. And I was just reading back over the comments and they were all like great comments. It was like, come on, Ozzy, you can do this. You've got this, Ozzy. And on the day I went to cheer him on at the school and when I turned up it was like really extremely windy, quite unusual for where I live to be so windy and when we got there like the equipment started flying everywhere and there was a tunnel that you could go over like, looked like a bounce house but it was a tunnel that you could run through and literally parents had to stand holding it down because the wind was going to take it off. So you've got all these kids And it's like, ready, steady, go. (laughs) It was challenging for them. So on the day, the parents could go and you could watch. And, you know, you could stand outside the school and watch inside the school. And you could kind of shout encouragement through the fence. And it was like, you know, ready, steady, go. And then they were off. And just to see them all, like, I'm standing there and I'm wondering what goes through a four-year-old's mind. Like there's Ozzy and he's running around this field. What goes through their mind? Are they remembering those comments that I read out? Is he remembering the comments from his grandma, or his granddad, or his nan? Where Zanti and the saying, come on Ozzy, you've got this, you can do this. Is, is that what he's thinking? It's hard, isn't it, to know what goes on in a, in a, a child's mind? You know what it's like as an adult, you're running, your legs aching, you're tired. Do you keep going or do you start to want to give up? 
I was hoping that I instilled the right words into his mind, hoping that as he was running, he was hearing the words of encouragement, knowing he had the support and believing in himself. And just as I'm sitting here preparing this podcast, actually, I just got a message from Aussie School and it just popped up on my phone. And the teacher said it was a huge success. They wanted to thank everyone for getting in the donations for the school. The kids ran so hard and did an amazing job and they were impressive. And I have to say, I totally agree with that. They really did an amazing thing that day. It was something to be proud of. They literally earned thousands of dollars for the school. What a message that there is, a message of achievement doesn't matter that maybe they didn't run all of the 35 laps that they needed to run. The fact that they took part, they did their best, they pushed themselves. It reminded me of when I was younger and I attended weekly classes with the British Red Cross and every year we did a sponsored walk around a place called Alton Park in Cheshire, England. It's like a racetrack and I remember the course was always 16 and a half miles long. So I had to look this up. I had to go onto Google and be like, how long is the racetrack at Alton Park? So I think they're just over two and a half miles long, like 2.6 something miles long. So it must have been six laps that we did. And every year I remember going, we'd go on the minibus and it was exciting to get to do this course. And I'd walk around with a group of the friends that were also attending the Red Cross. But those miles, they ached on my legs. You you wasn't running it, you were literally walking it. Except a couple of years I thought, oh yeah, I'll do this. I brought my roller boots. I was still walking. I was just on wheels. It was great coming down the hills, but going up those hills, they were a killer. <laughs> Trying to get up a hill on roller roller boots. Yeah. So at its advantages and its disadvantages. But I remember the leaders of our Red Cross, you know, at the end of the day, they would offer to drive the kids home. The, the minibus would go to a certain location and it would drop us all off, but some of us had to then get the bus. And it was, a, it was always a Sunday night and the bus service on a Sunday night was just really, really poor. And the bus fare was about 12 and a half pence. Can you believe that I that I remember 12 and a half pence for the bus fare? And I'd always offer me bus fare to pay. But they never took it off me. And they were just a kind couple that knew that we had challenged ourselves that day and we were really tired. And we pushed ourselves to complete those laps. And I can always remember I wanted to do it. I wanted to get there. I wanted to take part because I wanted the certificate to prove to myself that I could walk and take part and do that challenge, that 16 and a half miles. And when I was older, I took part in something else that was even more challenging. It was like a mudder type of fun run. So our team at the time, we went to the gym together and we were just a bunch of friends and we would go out training on Sunday mornings. And even if it was the Sunday morning after a Saturday night out, we would still get up and we'd go out at 8.15 in the morning, freezing cold, hats, gloves, scarves, big coats. We were running, we, we were doing that training. And the actual course itself, it was like an army style assault course. It had loads of inclines and zigzags under and over obstacles jumping into the water. And as we were driving on the way up there at the side of the motorway, we saw ice at the road and we were like, whoa, (laughs) we're up for this. So when we got there, 
you know you're going to do it. Your mind's telling you you're going to do it. You're putting everything into it. And it was freezing. It was so cold. And I can just remember doing the course. Keep going, keep going, keep keep yourself moving. You're committed to do this. And it did get challenging. And the challenge was what I found. It was achy, the legs were aching, but that was okay, you could keep yourself going. For me, the challenge that really pushed me was the cold. It was going over the the wooden barriers, whatever it was that they built and going under and coming out the other side and then ducking under the water. And as you're coming out of the water, the water's dripping cold off you. And that's when I was started to physically shake. It, it, it was pretty cold. And I can remember at that time, it, there was water in and out, in and out, up and down, deeper and deeper water to the point where I just, my legs were shaking, my body was shaking. And I thought, I don't want to end up where I'm going to collapse. I saw people collapse and just dropping on the floor. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I've done a massive achievement. I've got this far. And I just had to dip out of that. So I dropped out. And trying to not feel disappointed in myself at the time, I was like, I didn't do it. But what I did do, I pushed myself. And I kept pushing myself through the water over the barriers. And I kept going and going and going until I was like, I've got to weigh up the pros and cons. Do I want to drop and end up in hospital? Or do I want to call it a day and say, you know what? I did my best today. And that's what I did. I called it a day. And I can remember afterwards having a cup of tea and a Mars bar. And the cup of tea, it must have had tons of sugar in. And I couldn't even put the cup of tea to my mouth. It was, my hands were shaking that much. I was so cold. And that Mars bar was the best Mars bar I'd ever tasted. But then I was like, you know what? I've got to do it. I wanted to do it. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. So it happened every six months, this event. So next time I'm going to sign up. I signed up. We went there and it was great. The weather was lovely. It wasn't cold. There was no snow. There was no ice. I knew what was coming. I'd prepared myself. I told myself I'm going to do this. Conquering that fear. Conquering those challenges. And I got round... I went round all the water, zigzags up, down, climbing over the walls, jumped through the tires, up and down, around the fire. And I did it. I completed the course. And it was great. And I was like, amazing. But I'm going to look back at those two times and I'm going to say, well, which time did I feel that I achieved the most? Was it the first time I did the race where I dropped out because it was so cold? Or the second time when I got all the way through? And I finished it. I'm going to tell you, I put the most effort in the first time. And I felt like I'd achieved more the first time. Because when I did it the second time, I was like, the weather's great. It felt so easy. I didn't challenge myself as much, even though I finished the course. That's interesting, isn't it? I won the second time I did it. I won. I got myself around the course. Yet the first time I felt I'd achieved more, even though I didn't get to the end. Have you ever heard the phrase, it's not the winning, but the taking part that counts? So it was said by the founder of the Olympics, 
Baron Pierre de Cubitin. I've probably said that wrong, but don't matter. Anyway, the fellow that was the founder of the Olympics, I can say Baron Pierre. So what he said was, the most important thing in the Olympic Games is not winning, but taking part. The essential thing in life is not conquering, but fighting well. So it's not about winning or losing a competition. It's about beating that doubt within yourself and knowing that each day that you're one step closer to your goals. So thinking about the race, what happens when it comes to the race? You can prepare your mind, your body, you can get enough sleep, you can make sure you've got enough hydration, water, electrolytes, make sure you've fed yourself well, you've got the right equipment. But what you're going to do, you're going to tell yourself you can do it. You've got to repel that fear and doubt if it tries to creep in. You know, I remember the second time I was doing the race, I just knew it. I, I knew that I was going to do it. If I could do it in the cold and the only thing that had stopped me was the cold and my body physically shaking, I could do it in much warmer months. I, I could do it. You've got to overcome that fear and adapt a play to win mindset. So visualizing that goal at the end. I didn't realize that's what I was doing then. But that's what I was visualizing. I was visualizing myself winning. I remember telling myself, I'm going to win. I'm going to complete this. It's about completing the race. Or overcoming the obstacles and challenges. So completing that race might not have been to get to the very end. Completing the race could be pushing yourself as far as you can go, overcoming those obstacles and challenges as far as you can, putting that best effort in. Winning isn't always everything, but the effort to win is. Not everyone can complete the race every time, but you can make that effort and push yourself to complete as best as you can. So that amount of effort alone is worthy of celebration. Have that personal desire and commitment to do your best. That's what I'm going to tell you to do. Work through the challenges that you face in life. You want to keep the dreams alive. Sometimes it's not always about having the skill to do something, but having the will to get up there and do something. Like that commitment to yourself that even if you fail, you will never give up. And you will never let your goals and dreams die. I want you to do your best and keep conquering those challenges and be proud of what you've achieved. Always believe in yourself. In the words of John Gordon, if everything came easy, we wouldn't know what it felt like to truly succeed. Obstacles are meant to be overcome. Fear is meant to be conquered. Success is meant to be achieved. Next, on Tanya Tay presents Skinfluencer Success. How do you find what ignites you and creating content? My guest, Adriana Winters, will share how she found her way from modeling photos to being one of the top erotic content creators in the UK with an exceptional talent for producing niche scenes. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. You are listening to Tanya Tay Presents Skinfluencer Success. 
How do you find what ignites you when creating content? My guest's adult entertainment journey began after her modeling photos attracted attention and landed several photo shoots for men's magazines. She's one of the top erotic content creators in the UK with an exceptional talent for producing niche scenes. This British award-nominated performer is now looking to expand her brand into the US. Welcome, Adrena Winters, to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Adrena. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you on here. Fellow Brit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yay. So, Adrena, introduce yourself. Tell everybody who is Adrena Winters and how did you get started in the adult industry? Hi, yeah. So, I'm Adrena Winters. I am, I guess, a British MILF, I guess. I started in the industry around about 10 years ago. Um, I shot for most of the British studios at the time, so sort of like Kilogram, Fake Taxi, uh, Pure Triple X. And then I kind of moved across into content creation. Um, and then I guess sort of three, four years ago, uh, when OnlyFans really took off, I really, really then kind of, I guess like most uh, performers did, kind of really focused on my own content. And uh, that's just been going really well. So yeah, very happy. I, I love that. It's like, I've got to ask you, before you got started, you were, were you doing a degree? Were you, no. what, what, what were you doing? I'm like, she's like a mill. She's like, that was such a long time ago. Tell me what were you doing before? So I was a manager at Pizza Hut in my like late teens. I started working at Pizza Hut when I was at college. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was working at like Pizza Hut full time whilst I was doing four A-levels. Started off as a waitress, then in the kitchen and then became like a shift manager as you said, I did a photo shoot and kind of started getting other interests. So um, I'd do like some some shifts and stuff at Pizza Hut and then I'd go off and do like some sort of crazy fetish photo shoot like one, one day. And it was kind of cool because all the staff were kind of interested and like they'd be like, oh, show me your pictures from, from what you've been up to this week. And so, so were the staff there then on your journey? You know, did, did you have like a friend there or did we... We, you were the manager at the time so we uh, go manager, yeah um, but even manager. like the store manager would be like oh yeah let's have a look at what you've been up to I was really lucky like everyone was really supportive rather than judgmental yeah it was good that's great because it, you always think it for me I've been in like the industry for so long and I always think if I was to start getting back into the industry now and I was to tell like my colleagues I think well, what would they think I'd always think that it'd be like negative you know, for me now, if people ask me, what do you do? Um, I say, I run a PR company. <laughs> it depends on the situation. Even now, I'm, I'm sort of like, I, I hesitate and I'm like, do I lie or do I tell them the truth? And more often than not now, I do tell the truth because yeah. they're either someone I'm never going to see again and I don't really care about their opinion anyway. Or if they are someone that I'm likely to get to know and they're going to judge me for it, then I probably don't want them in my life anyway. So... <laughs> That's kind of just my, been my outlook on it. And, you know, you were very open with the colleagues. Were you open with your family as well? Uh, not as much. I guess it's very British to just, you know, <laughs> not kind of discuss those sorts of things. So weirdly, the first photo shoot I did was actually with my younger sister. Like it was just one of those makeover photo shoot things. Yeah. So I was quite open about kind of just the general modelling I was doing. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, my mum, I w- like my parents moved abroad uh, in my late teens. So I wasn't that close and I didn't see them that much. Um, but they did come to visit me one day and my mum was like, where's all this extra money coming from? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I was modelling and now I'm just doing slightly more adult modeling than I was before and that was it that's all we've ever said about it that's that's just been it <laughs> and she it, she was like okay <laughs> yeah she she kind of yeah that was it my dad at one point was just like you know you seem really happy you know you're making good money like as long as you're safe like good on you so yeah do you know those same words that you said as long as you're safe my mum said those same words to me as well yeah I think that's great that we we have supportive families you know people that don't want to judge us because you know at the end of the day this this is just another job yeah and it's you know we may get to show more of our bodies than people do in most jobs it's a choice and it's something that we've chosen to do and we're doing something that we also feel safe when we're doing it yeah definitely I love this that I found out that you've got a degree in nutrition and food science. Yes. <laughs> so does this mean that you eat really healthy? Uh, it means I know how to eat really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if she eats really healthy. But, you know, you've got the knowledge there. And I, I know that you're passionate about sustainable food and farming. Yeah. Yeah. tell me I was very intrigued with that tell me what that's about yeah so on my degree it was food science and nutrition and there was lots of modules and there was one about sort of bioethics um and there was a lot about sustainable food and farming I guess it's kind of a bit of a buzz topic at the moment with um climate change and all that kind of thing yeah the more I kind of learned about our current farming methods and how they're really damaging the planet and our health and it's not particularly great for the animals either I actually went vegan at the time I was vegan for three years whilst I was at uni so I was just like wow the (laughs) the way we produce meat is just not okay now I'm not vegan anymore but I tend to try and stick to like organic meat where I can and all that kind of stuff I did actually work for an NGO when I graduated that advised the government on um, sustainable farming techniques and campaigned a lot to try and get greater awareness um kind of amongst the general public um it was pretty cool i guess to give it some context i had already done i think maybe three years in porn at the time and i was like oh it's probably time to get a proper job now and i'd just got my boob job and i was recovering so i spent a lot of time sort of online and trying to figure out what i wanted to do and i um yeah found this uh, degree in sustainable like in nutrition food science I said, right I want to do that um so yeah I went so I was 25 so I was a mature student and I went off and did my degree and then I tried to do a proper job and then I was like nah I don't I don't enjoy this I want to go back to porn again <laughs> that's interesting to to go from you know doing it for three years being in the adult industry and then thinking you know what I'll just take a little sidestep and yeah. and try something else I think it's something about being in front of a camera and that do you feel do you feel like this it's you get in front of the camera and you just feel amazing you feel powerful you feel glamorous and 
it's it's like a flow isn't it it's like the posing and the movement and yeah I guess like you just can like amp up like a persona that I think you naturally have anyway but you can just sort of amplify that and it's just nice to be able to go and do that part of your personality and yeah it's fun <laughs> I just have visions of you like it's like the sustainable farm and I I mean British very British putting yeah. on your Wellington boots yes. and getting outside in the fields and then it's like okay I'm not made for this and then it's like oh but this would make something really hot now for my only fans yeah <laughs> tell me you've done that I haven't actually I haven't done any welly stuff maybe I should it's a very British thing isn't it yeah it's very British. British video you have a lot of British fans I reckon it would work I always think about going back to the UK and it's like things that I miss, you know, living over here in Los Angeles, things that I miss. It's like being in the rain and being able to like go out and do like a really, really Britishy kind of <laughs> outback. <Yeah. laughs> oh, okay. So you've got your knowledge. I, I know you don't do the vegan eating right now, but I have to say the last year I started changing my diet completely. So I eat mm -hmm. vegan mainly organic wherever possible I actually have to say I think it's it's been a major improvement in my health it's very anti-inflammatory and you know when you said about the the meats the mainly organic meats in America they pump tons of chemicals oh, yeah everything yeah. <laughs> it's just like so much yeah we're kind of fortunate in the UK but yeah America is a whole another and you get, you get genetically modified stuff which is banned in the uk so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking non-gmo i have chronic lyme disease so i always um try and eat anti-inflammatory because it yeah. really helps to yeah. keep the inflammation down anyway i'll be asking you afterwards because they're like get on with it we don't need to hear about <laughs> that <bit> anymore <laughs> we're here for the only fans content <laughs> okay so let's get back um so you decided you didn't want to work for the government anymore me the visions of you with the wellies on going out in the fields like nope I'm not made for this government advice and unsustainable farming so it, that's when you went back into the industry and at that point was that the time were you going back into making scenes for the production companies or is that when you started making the scenes for yourself so even when I was at uni I still dabbled very occasionally like I, I think I did like a fake taxi scene which was a bit crazy because like every time like I never ever got anyone come up to me at uni being like I know who you are but like, I, I think it was during like the summer holidays and stuff, I'd, I'd maybe go and do the odd scene for a production company. And every like term I'd come back and like walk into a lecture theater and I'm like, is everyone in here gonna know like who, who I am now? And, and, and the entire three years I was there, no one said anything to me. But then once I'd graduated and left, I did get a few people sliding my DMs on Instagram and sort of being like, oh, I was in your lectures. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're successful with many of the clips on the premium yeah. social media platforms. So tell me about which ones do you use and, you know, how did you kind of choose to get started on them? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess what I was saying was that I kind of still kept a foot in the door with the production companies last at uni. And then I still, I did a scene for Evil Angel with Angel Long once we graduated. So we did a couple of studio things. Um, but yeah, I mostly just focused on the clip stores. So I was on clips for sale, I think, originally, 
and I kind of kept that open like my entire like right from the beginning and then I mean I can't I kind of done them all really yeah eclipses are many vids and then yeah I guess just the whole fan subscription concept just blew up like three years ago so did only fans and then I've tried a few others but they just don't seem to I do loyal fans how do you find loyal fans I love it as a platform but I just can't seem to get the the fans to engage with it the same as they do with OnlyFans so you know I'm on OnlyFans and I didn't try loyal fans you know at one point OnlyFans made that big announcement where they were gonna we're not gonna have adults um, (laughs) entertainment kind of um, media anymore on our platform yeah. so everyone was scrambling to look yeah. for other places to go to and there was loyal fans was one of them and there was a lot of other platforms that kind of exploded and you know for me I was like okay I'm still making money on OnlyFans and I use Sex Panther right. and I was like I don't know if I want to move so I thought I'll sit back and I'll watch and I'll wait <laughs> and I'll see about what other people do you know yeah. and I, I think, you know, when you say you joined Loyal Fans and trying to get the fans to move over, I think, it you know, the name Loyal, they are very loyal to certain platforms, certain fans, yeah. they only like certain experiences yeah. because they're yeah. used to it. Yeah. So that's interesting that your fans didn't want to convert to go over to Loyal Fans. Yeah, um, and I'm just about to start trying Sheer.com because there seems to be a lot of hype around that one it's um owned by x videos so it seems like quite an interesting one which I'm one just... is, which one was that adrena sorry sheer.com sheer.com oh okay yeah. that's that's a new one yeah there's a lot of talk within the industry about it so i'm, I'm optimistic that it might be a good one um i'm just reluctant to keep all my eggs in the only fans basket so i just i like to have a plan b somewhere just in case yeah, no, that is a that's a really good idea. It's like you know, OnlyFans could be taken away from us any time, yeah. and you know what you're doing is trying to like think. Well, if I have this platform and this platform as like a backup, so that the fans know that I'm there, so that if something yeah. does happen on OnlyFans, all well, the fans will know. Oh, okay, let's go and yeah. find her on the other platform that we know that she's already on. Or anything like it's already kind of established. Yeah, so that's the plan anyway. <laughs> So, so there's a new platform, Sheer.com. That's the one that you're talking about. So yes. for you, you know, you're going to go on it. You're going to start it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan, like how long are you going to give it? Or how do you, how do you judge whether it's worth your time and effort? You know, once it's kind of up and running, how will, how will you decide like, Hey, this is working or this is too much effort for the yeah, return and the investment? I went to XBiz Europa a couple months ago now, I think it was, and Dan Lil was there, who's porno Dan. He's a American that's come over to Europe, which doesn't usually happen. It's usually people wanting to go the other way, but yeah. And he's someone I really respect in the industry and like, you know, he's done well for himself. Like, um, uh, yeah, I very much appreciate any kind of uh, advice he has. And he said his measure is that if a platform is making him less than a thousand dollars a month i guess after a certain trial period then he stops uh posting on that platform and i was like oh i really like that concept actually actually so that that's a that's a brilliant tip thank you dan leal (laughs) (laughs) from in my it was a moral productions i think that's still yeah yeah still the name of his company so that's a great tip so 
okay, so you get on a platform, you you know, you start using it. Have you, and if it's not making you a thousand dollars a month, okay, we're done. Yeah. Knew how long you give it or whatever and, and how, you know, but yeah, I think that's kind of a good benchmark to kind of gauge things by. Yeah. And this is really for established performers. So, you know, people that are listening and be like, oh, well, I'm going to make a thousand in a month. There's a lot more to just going on a platform and starting from yeah. scratch you know yeah. for, for me and for you we've got our fans we've got an established platform we've got an established presence online so for us to put time and effort into a new platform it's going to take a little bit of time to get up and running but once it's up and running it, you know if we're not getting that return then it's it's pointless really isn't it to to keep going yeah because they are quite time consuming so yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know with it being time consuming how do you get to balance you know because you said you're on clips for sale you're on many vids you're on only fans are they the, the the main ones that you're using um yes yeah so, many many vids and only fans are the okay. two ones yeah so how do you get that balance how do you find the balance for scheduling uh, I guess during COVID was like a bit of a trial and error kind of thing. And I had lots of disposable time because you were just sort of sat at home with not a lot to do than drink wine and go on video Zoom calls with your family or whatever. So yeah, I had a lot of time to kind of test things out and trial things and stuff because previously I was kind of focusing on the sort of general porn studio format of like 20 to 30 minute scenes and that was basically what I was creating and putting in clip stores and then OnlyFans came along and I was like well I'm not gonna post like these long videos in a seven dollar subscription for like them to just access them all like what am I gonna film instead so it was a lot of that so my filming increased because I was sort of filming more short clips for, for OnlyFans which then also could go on the clip stores as well so that was good um and then obviously you've got all dms and stuff to respond to which is just constant um and during lockdown that was all fine like i was like yeah i'll film this day and I'll, yeah it was all fine and then we came out of lockdown and i was like oh i have a life again now um so i did end up hiring an assistant so i now have, have an assistant so he does all my uploads for me i film all my content i edit it and then send it to him and he uploads all my clips to all my stores and schedules all my pay-per-views and all that kind of stuff. So that has been a massive help and I love yeah. him very much. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like a great plan. You know, if there's only so much that you can do yourself, you know, it's keeping that personal interaction with the fans, but then looking at some of the other things that you don't need to do, like the back end, like the uploading, it's finding the schedule and to do that. Yeah. You outsource that. <laughs> yeah, outsource that. I, I want to move on to your actual scenes that you do because you found an exceptional talent for producing niche scenes. So I want to know, how did you discover which fetishes would sell to your fans? And how did producing different fetishes open up doors to potentially new fans? My main niche, I guess, is that I predominantly only film interracial. So that came about like as a personal preference like I have my queen of spades tattoo that I got in Vegas I was going to ask you tell just tell me about the tattoo I want to hear about this tattoo um so yeah I've only been in relationships with with actually really Jamaican guys uh, my last two long-term relationships have been with Jamaicans yeah I think I've written a blog about it I'm terrible at remembering dates so I did 
look up the exact dates and I've written a blog about it, but I can't remember. I've got to say it was 2016 or something like that, that I got the tattoo. So yeah, just cause it is, it is my kind of personal preference and yeah. So, um, and I just find my scenes are better when I'm working with guys that I genuinely find attractive and, um, I guess that also coincided with filming my own clips more because then I had more say on who I was filming with rather than shooting for the studios that don't really care <laughs> particularly. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I kind of started um, with kind of focusing on the interracial stuff. And then over the lockdown, it sort of just gave me time to kind of really start getting to know my fans and what else they were kind of into. And then I realized there were kind of like these other kind of niches that kind of, kind of just come off from, from that original <laughs> niche. So yeah, you kind of have like this more pin accumulation. So my fans kind of like watching me with bigger guys than they are and, and they kind of like the humiliation and uh, the, of that and how inferior they are and how they couldn't satisfy me and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, um, then I was getting a lot of requests for sort of pegging again, because my fans are the kinds of guys that are like, oh, well, I couldn't satisfy you. So maybe you can use me in other ways. And yeah, it's just kind of all these niches that have kind of just, that kind of all just sit quite nicely kind of underneath the interracial stuff. And I really love it. And like, it's really fun kind of chatting to the guys and, and kind of understanding like where they're coming from and mm -hmm. yeah. So this is coming from a personal preference, you know. Um, I have to say, you know, you work with certain guys and mm -hmm. you have chemistry. Yeah. And it's like when you've got that chemistry, your scenes are so much stronger. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it really is. And, you know, going from, you know, you're right. When you do shoot for a studio, they're like, oh, well, this is the person you're shooting with today. And even though you might be thinking, oh, I don't, I don't know, you know, might not fancy that attitude or you know you just might not find them as attractive as yeah. the other person but you always try and pull it out of the bag you know yeah, you always try and make it good but when the chemistry is there the second you see them yeah. <laughs> it's like you're like oh yeah this today <laughs> is gonna be a good day <laughs> yeah 100 which is quite interesting because recently Brazzers approached me to do a scene and I really had to think hard about it because it was with Danny and Danny's a, like a great guy. Like I've met him at different things and stuff. So like, Dan Danny D. Danny yeah. D is like the Brazzers contract guy. Yeah. He's now in the UK filming. And I was like, I haven't done a scene with a white guy for like five years or something like that. Like it's just so much amount, amount of time. And I was like, Oh, Oh, and I don't want to like undermine everything I've done to go and shoot for this studio, but I kind of think it's kind of worth going and shooting with the Brazzers. And they had done um, a storyline ar around cuckolding specifically for me. And I was like, I think it's kind of just too good an opportunity to pass up. But yeah, I did get quite a, quite a lot of backlash on on Twitter for doing it. So that's that's what I was going to ask you because you know here's the thing: fans know Adrena Winters. This is what Adrena Winters does. Yeah. You know, and you know, you do IR, you do cuckolding, and you do the the things that are all surrounding large versus small. And mm -hmm. then suddenly it's like, okay, now you're going to be shooting for Brazzers, which is like a major production company. That if you shoot for Brazzers, it's now you are 
online it's it's a massive promotional boost yeah. so so your name's suddenly going to be pushed out there you know for you're going to potentially get a whole load more fans yeah. but then you've got those loyal fans that are like no we only like seeing adrena and these type of scenes yeah so is 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 that what we're talking about was it was it the loyal fans that only want to see certain types of scenes and you know they reacted because that wasn't what they wanted to see it's always a difficult subject to talk about with the interracial stuff there's that it's quite a quite a difficult topic already there was just a lot of comments of like oh i thought adrena was black only and like doing this one scene that wasn't with a black guy just somehow sort of seemed to undermine my dedication and my genuine <laughs> uh interest in that um but yeah there's just a lot of people that were just like you know that's that's just undermined everything um and then there was a lot of other people that were like oh well, she's obviously just pretending that she's black only and she's only interested in like like she's obviously only just doing that for the money and it's just and I was just like oh I can't believe this one scene's just undermined everything to some people it's yeah mm -hmm. yeah but they they really just forget that you know we we are humans and you know if we choose to do a scene with a certain type of guy or do a certain type of scene yeah then that's okay because that's what we've chosen yeah. If you did, if you didn't want to do that scene, you wouldn't have done it. No. But you but you wanted to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and I always feel, you know, we we do get backlash on social media. I mean, even in our DMs yeah. and OnlyFans, we get yeah. backlash for myriads of different things. You know, yeah. for me, they didn't like. I have my boobs redone. They some of them just hated on them, and yeah. you know, for me. When I had to change my diet because of chronic Lyme disease, I had to change the way that I was eating to try mm. and help my body have less inflammation in. It was difficult at first trying to find the right diet and I didn't want to eat the wrong food. So I probably wasn't eating enough of the, the foods that I should have been eating. So I lost some weight. And like people were like, they, they can be really mean. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, hold on a minute. Is are you are you my manager? Are you the person that's telling me how I should live my life and what I should do and what I should look like or act like? And you know, some of them are very self entitled. They feel yeah. very self entitled to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Yeah. So how how did you deal with it? I'm very lucky. I have two very close friends that work in the industry, Ava Austin and Estella Bathory, who I adore both of them. We have a group chat between the three of us. And it's really good because whenever any of us have like got something we, we're dealing with, we can just vent about it in our group chat and we can all just be like, oh yeah, they're so ridiculous. And like, <laughs> um, that helps a lot because yeah, I think previously I would my instinct would be to respond to that person and defend myself but you just know that that's just gonna snowball things and draw more attention to it and yeah i've, le I've learned like there's been moments where i've started typing i'm like no 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 just delete it just delete it go go and vent to to, <laughs> to your friends and just leave them to just argue on on your post <laughs> You know, I, you know, I totally agree with you. I've done that sometimes when like someone's gone to write something and I start typing it and I've gone, this, this is what I used to do. I type it and then I'd be like, hold on, let me just send this message. 
I'll screenshot it and then I'll send this message to someone else and then I'll write, this is what I'm going to write. And I did that in the past and then they'd just be like, yeah, don't bother. Yeah. Delete it. Delete it. Just don't bother. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just delete it. And so it got to the point where now I'm just like, oh, here's another one. And I literally will, I get the black button and I just go, <laughs> and I'm just like get off my timeline yeah it's so nice now that you can just delete negative posts and you can just block people that are just bringing negativity to your feed and it's just like okay bye-bye gone yeah I I think you know our fans should support us and yeah. if you don't like it then that's okay you can yeah. go somewhere else you don't you know? need to my account <laughs> yeah but I, I love that you've got, you know, the girls in the industry that are really there, really supporting yeah. you and vice versa for you to support yeah. them. Because, you know, sometimes this is difficult and, you know, people, if you could talk to a, a you know, a, a civilian friend, if you like, that doesn't yeah. understand the industry, it's kind of difficult to say to someone, well, you know, I'm on social media and this person said this to me today and just for them to understand yeah, that. They, it's, yeah. It's, they have nothing to relate to, whereas I know that Ava and Estella will have both experienced the same things themselves. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. So, we've talked about some of the, you know, the fans' comments. And are there any other challenges that you've had in your career? And, you know, I'm interested in how you've overcome them. Yeah. So, I'm kind of in the middle of one at the moment. I um, decided to buy a new house. And um, I got a very good offer on my old apartment on the condition that I broke the chain. I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm used to traveling, like, it's fine. It'll, I'm sure it'll only be a few weeks, like, it's okay. So I sold my house, moved out, put everything in storage. And then the house I was buying then took an extra six months to complete. So I've basically been homeless for, for six months. <laughs> Wow. When um, it's just been really difficult, like not just having like your wardrobe to just go and get something to shoot in or having like your lights to film with or just like everything's in storage. Um, so eventually I have moved in last month, but now I need to renovate the whole house. So I've literally got tradesmen in like every day, like everything's been replastered. It's currently been prepared for painting. So it should be painted next week. So I'm hoping in another week or two I'll have furniture in and I'll be like settled and I can film some amazing content again. But yeah, I've just had six months of like just everything just being up in the air and in limbo. My assistant's been amazing because he's managed to kind of, because I've had like no good Wi-Fi. So I, I've known that like he can keep my uploads consistent for me like yeah. over the whole time. Um and I know that everything's going to be great once I'm in there. So it's definitely worth the <laughs> the chaos right now. But um, but yeah, it's definitely been been a tricky six months. But yeah, I, I think I think I've held it together. I don't think anyone online. Don't think anyone noticed. Girl, do it. But that's a good thing though about isn't it? Is if working for yourself yeah. is you know you can take breaks, you can take time off. You, you know. It must be really difficult to try and shoot the content, you know, if you're staying in a place that you're not used to. You'd like, even just for me setting up for this, you know, I've got the lights, I've got the mic, I'm in a different place than I normally sit. Just just this sitting here takes time. So, yes. and I have everything because I'm in my house right now. But it, yeah. it's, you know, to not have something, it's like, oh, 
that oh I think I'll put this this type of clothes on oh no I can't put it on because it's packed away or it, yeah it's just difficult and it it just makes you need to take more steps to get to the end same end uh, same end result yeah and to be fair I've been so lucky that I've like there's quite a few sort of brands around the sort of interracial thing that send me stuff quite frequently so I've been quite lucky that I just like something will just come in the post I'm like okay great I can wear that for a content today <laughs> you're like thank you thank you thank you universe you know yeah. you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself oh, I could just need that and and then it turns off yeah and I have an Amazon wish list as well and I, I'm like I just had a new dress arrive today from someone being like I hope you look hot in this for for another man because like my fans are really cute like that fabulous <laughs> thank you to Adrena's fan who sent her that dress it's amazing we, we are we're in a very privileged position I say yeah. you know to be able to you know we both have Amazon wish list to be able to receive the gifts and you know we're very appreciative of them yeah yeah I want to know, did you, you know, before you ever got into the adult industry, did you have any goals of where you saw yourself or where you wanted to be? Or did you have any dreams or aspirations? Yeah, so I come from like a really working class background. Like I grew up with like bailiffs knocking on the door and stuff when I was a kid and that kind of stuff. Like my parents just very, just no financial security whatsoever. I guess my goals to a lot of people probably don't seem that aspirational, but I was, I used to like, I've never really kept a diary, but occasionally I used to kind of journal very sporadically. And I found one uh, recently and I was looking back through it. Uh, must've been when I was at like secondary school maybe. And I'd written how I dreamed of like going on a long haul flight to America. And like, I, that just seemed completely out of reach to me that like, how would I ever be able to afford to, to fly to America? And now I'm like in such a privileged position where if I wanted to go to America tomorrow, I could just go like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, it's like when we're younger, it's like those little small dreams become bigger dreams and then they become reality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I my my childhood, I, they just did a story on me the other day in the in the Daily Star. Yes. And um, it was, oh, you know, she grew up on milk tokens and free school meals. <laughs> it just, that was so true, you know, when your family don't have a lot of money. And yeah. for me, I always thought I didn't want to be in that position. You know, if I was to have a child, I didn't want to have a child when I was really young, when I was financially insecure yeah and you know I've got a child but it was the right time in my life to wait yeah. <laughs> wait until I'm older and it's it is it's it's good to have dreams and aspirations so do you dream now do you have goals do you have aspirations of where you want to be in the future or what you're working towards um so I have just bought a house which again I did like it's in it's in Bristol like it's a city I again in my in my I think it must have been maybe it wasn't secondary school maybe it was more like college that I I never thought I'd be able to afford to live in a city like I always thought I'd have to live in like a dingy town somewhere um so yeah the fact I've just bought a a decent sized house in Bristol like that's a big goal kind of ticked off I kind of have a Pinterest board of like things that like I would like for future me 
<laughs> um, so the last two things on that board aren't that big a deal, but again, it's not as significant as having a child, but I've always wanted to have a dog, but I travel a lot and it'd be very irresponsible of me to get one, but that's still something I'm kind of working towards. And I have a house and a garden big enough for one, but I think maybe another year or two, I'll, I will, I will get my dog. <laughs> And then the other one is I've always wanted a Dodge Charger and they're releasing an electric version in two years time, which I'm so excited for. So okay. in the UK, I don't know if it's going to be in the UK, but if it's not in the UK, I'm coming to America to buy one and I'm shipping it over. <laughs> oh my goodness. I Dodge Chargers. I always say they're um, boy racing cars. Yeah. I yeah. always like boy racer. You, you, it's like I always vision the the go faster stripes on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not a practical car at all. I have to have like a practical car. My car at the moment is very practical. Um, and then yeah, this 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 one, yeah. But yeah, they're releasing an electric one. I'm like, okay, I feel like I can justify it now. So oh well, <laughs> yeah. I've drove a charge a Dodge Charger. It wasn't my favorite. It was too long at the front. Yeah. I hired a Mustang uh, when I came out to the States a while back. I drove from LA to Vegas between the Expos and the AVNs. Uh, and it was quite nice to drive, but yeah, it takes a little while to get used to all the extra bonnet. Yes. Yeah. Space to the front. Yeah. I want to ask you, Adriana, what life lessons have you learned or what have you strengthened since becoming a part of the industry? I think you definitely get a thicker skin. I think you kind of learn whose opinions you value and whose you don't. Just take everything with a pinch of salt, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's something that happens with age or whether it happens specifically just constantly having people express their opinion on on your life. <laughs> you get an old comments, good, bad, ugly. It's all thrown at us and you've got to be like, okay. It, <laughs> it, it is true, though. You do have to grow a really thick skin and it's yeah. it can be um, quite un. un unstabilized and you know if you're not if you're not a very grounded person it can be quite difficult to sit there and read those comments day in day out yeah it's it's yeah it it does take a certain kind of person I'd say I love that on like TikTok and Instagram now you can like block certain words so you just don't even see the messages it's great yeah. I'm like oh I don't even need to deal with any of those sorts of words anymore <laughs> I, I didn't know that they did it on TikTok because I've, I'm on TikTok, but I've not been on it I'm so sure long. TikTok. I, again, I'm, I kind of... It, it hides the comments, doesn't it? It hides the yeah, comments yeah. and you can you have to review. So I guess that's where the, they kind yeah. of push it to the side. So yeah. you still, you can look at it and yeah. decide if if that's, you know, if, if you're going to allow it or you're going to delete it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're shooting your, your scenes and your clips... What is it, you know, when you're shooting them, what is it that, you know, you find um, ignites you? What is it that keeps you, like, really excited in the scene? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, so before I I go on set or I hit record, depending on if I'm, you know, filming with someone or, or I'm just talking to a camera, I'm usually quite nervous and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. But then as soon as I'm in front of the camera, like, it just... I don't know it sort of flows like it just it's like so I don't really think about much when I'm actually filming it just sort of happens and I don't tire or kind of 
anything and just it's just I don't know just it just happens and it's great <laughs> um but then afterwards it's kind of seeing the feedback and the comments and and that kind of stuff and and okay cool they really loved that that's good more of that or oh no that didn't wasn't received quite how I expected it to be so maybe dial back on that a little bit so it's like shooting the scenes so so deciding what kind of scenes that you're going to be shooting yeah. and it's it's I think you do something like where I do it's like a little seed isn't it at the beginning so you start yeah. with a little seed of an idea yeah. and then yeah. sometimes like when you turn the camera on and you start off because you know this is you know this is the story this is you know yeah. this is the opening to it and then it kind of grows once the camera turns on and it it flows because it's I don't do it's not scripted when you're shooting for yourself it's not scripted unless someone unless a fan is going here's a custom and here's a script and I want you to say it and you're like okay I'm very still at all then I'm going to complain (laughs) but it's it is it's going forward and letting your creativity just take over and 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 knowing your fans and knowing what they're going to like and knowing what your brand is and to keep yourself there or maybe you want to push your limits or maybe you want to keep it within a certain place and then afterwards that finished product and put it online and then seeing the fans reaction as in what comments are they making how many of them are unlocking you know how many um unlocks have you got what price point can you put it on yeah so it's 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 that overall product isn't it and then um analyzing it at the end so the next time that you're going to make the scene well now you can decide are you going to make more of those scenes or you're going to change up slightly and do something else yeah and what I also find really great is like I like you say you have your little seed and you kind of film a video based around that seed and then you put that video out there and then um that might like inspire like um a conversation that a fan wants to have with you and then the, like the language they're using to discuss that with you you're like oh yeah that's that's a great term like any like mental note to use that like next time like yeah it's good it's kind of just like evolves it's good <laughs> I sometimes do that exactly what you've just done because I'm on sex panther so sex panther people can text I'd love it to come to the UK because I'd be like British girls, let me tell you how amazing <laughs> that sex panther is. <laughs> I'd be like, so I, I I, mean, they can text me and it'll come to my phone, you know. So interactive, you know. It's easy because you haven't got to log in. You've not got to go into OnlyFans. You know, I've got OnlyFans on there. I've got OnlyFans on the computer. I always yeah. have the browsers open. But for the interaction, it's they come through, don't they? And the, the text comes through or the message comes through. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, I like that, what you've wrote. Yeah. And I'll save it. Yeah. And then suddenly a mass message will come either on Sex Panther or OnlyFans because you can send mass messages on both. And it will be, I will have been inspired by what that fan of that particular day yeah. and time wrote to me. Yeah. So we kind of duplicated <laughs> And, and possibly that fan will get it in a few days' time and, and it will ignite that passion inside him yeah. and he'll be like, oh, yes. And they don't realise that, he won't realise that he inspired that line yeah. in the first place. Giving away our secrets. <laughs> Winner. Winner. <laughs> I love this because the fans can listen to us and also other content creators can yeah. listen to us, and you know. Yeah. It's. I love sharing the stories and I love talking about the different things that we do. But I. But 
but I do share a few little tips as well. <laughs> I, I think it's great. You know, yeah, people yeah. might be listening, might be inspired to start an OnlyFans, many vids, a clips for sale. Um, and, you know, they this is the type of podcast that they're going to come and listen to. And I hope that we've given them a whole load of things to think <laughs> about today. Yes. So, Adrina, I want to ask you, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? To say, to have said no more often, I think. Is that in taking on too much or doing things that you probably wouldn't have wanted to have done? Yeah, I think I could have been a bit more selective on the types of scenes that I started doing. I was kind of just like, yes, 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 to everybody that kind of wanted to shoot me. And I think in hindsight, it probably wouldn't have hurt to have been a bit more selective. But but you know what? You tried them. And mm-hmm. I always find, you know, life's a journey. And sometimes, like, if we, if we didn't take the scenes, if we hadn't said, oh, yeah, go on, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Now you know that maybe that was not something that you would like to do again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I did a scene with Rocco Sofredi and it involves something that I never did. And I really want to try again. ATM, they need to look that up. Yeah. (laughs) They like Google and what's ATM. And it's not to do with a bank machine. No. Um, (laughs) I tried that and it wasn't a very hygienic, clean experience. And I was like, first oh, and no. last it was like when you've got two colors like no mm-hmm. no this, this is not something for me no so, no, no. I but, that as well. uh, yeah <laughs> so sometimes you you know we try things but you know what now you you know now the things you like you know the things that you yeah. want to do you're yeah. so more assertive and it's like this is this is a yes and this is no I'm sorry I don't want to do that yeah and that's great yes (laughs) and I guess that would be if you was to give a piece of advice to someone who's wanting to be a successful content creator yeah that would probably be (laughs) know when to say no yeah yeah especially I think it's difficult I don't know if you saw it in the UK we had a tv show filthy rich or something like that um it was like a OnlyFans kind of documentary it had the presenter uh, create an OnlyFans account and then kind of the sums of money she was being offered to do things that she didn't really want to do. And then she was kind of questioning, like, where are my limits? And yeah, so I guess if someone's new, just kind of try to think about what your limits are and like, just be quite clear on them and don't let anyone kind of push that if you don't want to, to move on that. Yeah, it, that that's really important. It's not just the production companies that will ask you to do certain things like what you just said that example it will be the fans yeah the fans will push and push and push yeah. and they will certain fans not all fans I need to correct myself certain yeah. fans certain people will push and push and push yeah. and they will try and up the limits to try and get you to do something and sometimes they might not be offering any money they'll just be like we want you to do this and it's very pressurized it, yeah. it can be very pressurized and you have to like really hold your ground and be like do I really want to do that and yeah. if I do am I going to ask for um, a more expensive price point am I going to resell it at a more expensive price price point is it going to be a custom where I'm going to charge an absolute premium for this yeah 
you know, so you, you are right. You, you know, you do have to make those choices and you do have to say yes or no. And if it's no and the fan keeps pressurizing you, it's like, walk away. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, there's plenty of other people that will do that. Like, just because I don't want to doesn't mean that someone else doesn't want to. And maybe just go and find someone that's already offering that. <laughs> Perfect. But sometimes it's the forbidden fruit, you know, what you don't do, oh, yeah. they want you to do. Oh, but yeah. it, it's like with me, they wanted me to go back and do boy girl scenes. Yeah. And, and I knew that I knew that's what they wanted, but I wasn't ready. So when I was ready, I went and did my first boy girl scene back after I don't even know, nine years like yeah. almost 10 years with Kieran Lee another fellow Brit and yeah. I, I shot the scene with him and, and it's there and people you know they can buy it they can view it they can watch it but I kid you not I did that scene and the guys were asking for more and they're like well did you actually watch the last one and you can scroll back and you can see did they watch it or did they not watch it did they watch it no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't watch it so hold on you didn't watch my first boy girl scene but now you want me to do more well if you want me to do more then you have to show your appreciation by watching what I present to you then you can have you know if I know that you're a fan that's willing to spend the money that's willing to show your appreciation you know what I'm going to show my appreciation back yeah. and give you more of the things that I want to do that you're asking for yeah there you go. Fans, if you are listening, take notes. Yeah. <laughs> take notes. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is this has been so lovely, Adrena, having you on. Um thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. Yes, thank you so much. And tell everyone that's listening now, where can they find you online? Twitter, I am at Adrena underscore winters. We're kind of very unfiltered there, so that's probably the best place, to, kind of best social media to find me. Um, on Instagram, I'm Adrena.Winters, but it's not. I post on my on my story quite a bit. So if you want some kind of more like day to day stuff, you're, it's probably best to go there. Um, and then my OnlyFans is Adrena Cacoldrus, um, and then I have a free OnlyFans, which is Adrena Winters, all one word. Um, but also in all my social media, I have a, a link that links to everything. So just click on that and then all of my pages are on there. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Adriana Winters, for taking the time to come on the Skinfluence of Success podcast. Thank you for having me. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. Thank you all for joining me on Tanya T Presents Skinfluence of Success, formerly MILF's Making Money podcast. In the words of John Gordon, if everything came easy, we wouldn't know what it felt like to truly succeed. Obstacles are meant to be overcome, fear is meant to be conquered, and success is meant to be achieved. So I'm going to put it out there for you. Whatever that you are doing today, Put in your best effort, conquer the challenges and be proud that you participated in your success. So what do you think of my podcast and what do you think of the guest video? You can see this video before anybody else on patreon.com slash tanyatate. It's also then released on onlyfans.com slash tanyatate and later on youtube.com slash tanyatatetube. Who would you like to see me interview on the podcast? 
Hmm. It would be an inspiring guest to ask them to share their success story. It could be a model, a content creator, a webcam model, a fetish model, an adult star, someone that is being successful in their career. Let me know. So do you have a question that one of my guests or me might be able to answer and give you advice on? Did I raise any questions in today's episode that got you answering out loud or wanting to know more? You can leave feedback or ask questions relevant to the Skinfluencer Success podcast using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. And you can also ask me by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter at TanyaTate or also TikTok and YouTube at TanyaTateTube. You can also leave me a voice note on my SpeakPipe speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate and you might get featured on a future episode. So let's listen to my favorite voice notes of this episode. You are a hot woman. I would love to stick my tongue deep inside your... (sighs) Oh my goodness. Did I just hear that right? Did I just hear that right? Beep, 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 beep. I would love to stick my... Well, you know what? Thanks for sharing that dream. Oh, live that dream, Ralph. Live that dream. Challenges and dreams are meant to be faced head on. And that is exactly what you're doing. Visualizing that goal and soaking in the feelings of that event happening right now. Hmm. Trust me when I tell you all, shut your eyes, visualize... And put yourself there and see what emotions overflow in your body. And you can thank me for the reminder later. Okay, who have we got next? Let's take a listen. Well, hello. How are you? Um, I just got to say that I haven't been following you for long. But ever since your content has kept me, put a smile on my face. I think you are amazing. And I would love to hear a message back from you. Oh, wow. That was a lovely message. I have to say, when I pick favorites, sometimes I pick random ones. Sometimes I pick ones that make me laugh. Sometimes I pick ones that are shocking. But this one is something that genuinely makes me smile. So thank you. Thank you, Scott, for being a new follower. And you know what? I'm so glad that my content keeps you smiling. And I genuinely am smiling right now. Hit me up with your mailing name and address if I just read out your voice note. Because I'm going to be sending you a thank you photo for your show of appreciation for leaving a speak pipe voice note that I played. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and are inspired by any of the words that you hear, please be sure to leave me a written review and give me five stars. You can also give me a five star rating on Spotify. I'll be checking and giving shout outs in upcoming episodes. So thank you for the support, guys. Keep it coming. I love hearing what you think about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to call me via phone, video chat, you know where you can find me on my premium social media platforms. Sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or OnlyFans.com slash Tanya Tate. We get to chat one-on-one over there. And of course, there's lots of media, personal collection that I can share with you. Make sure that you are following me on Twitter and Patreon at Tanya Tate and TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube. 
You can see all of my official links, including my premium social media on my Linktree. Just search Linktree and my name, Tanya Tay, all one word. And remember, if you don't see it on Linktree, it's not me. But you can be the first to see my video podcast on patreon.com slash Tanya Tate. Join my higher tier to also get shout outs over there on Patreon. This episode shout out of appreciation for being a top level tier member goes to Jessica Ryan. So thank you so much, Jessica. She continues to support a fellow content creator. She's on Twitter. If you all want to go and check her out, love Jessica Ryan. And you too can get a shout out by supporting this podcast and becoming a top tier level member of my Patreon. This is Tanya Tate. Whatever you are doing today, put in your best effort, conquer the challenges and be proud that you participated in your success. Now get out there and go build your bank.